Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Illumineers Quest podcast, where we talk everything Lorcana. I'm Zach. And I'm Jacob. Thanks for coming on this journey with us. Okay, so today's main topic, quick quick little preview, is kind of like looking back on chapter one. So we've done this a little bit, but this one's specifically about like the podcast, our takes, like some of the tier lists, now that we've definitely learned a lot, on, like were they good tier lists? Were they bad tier lists? Should you be listening to us at all? <laughs> Um, and yeah, so we'll just have fun kind of like looking back on some of the stuff we've talked about and how far we've come and kind of then use that as like a jumping board in a chapter two. Absolutely. We're, we're really close now. We are right on the cusp. We are recording this on October 27th, so less than a month from the local gaming stores Insane. getting it. It has come very fast and furious and we are incredibly excited. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, so with that being said, as always, if you aren't following us on YouTube, you know, please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel, Illumineers Quest, on YouTube. Um, also, you can follow us for some of my terrible takes on Twitter, um, at LorcanaPod. Uh, if you'd like to email any thoughts or suggestions into the show, you can do so at LorcanaPod at gmail.com. And then if you are watching on YouTube, you can follow the, the podcast on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, or any of the other major podcast networks. Already, <laughs> <laughs> didn't know if you were gonna add anything or not. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> uh, getting into the the intro topics here, we don't have any like specific comment or question I want to call out. We, there has been a decent amount of uh, like comments slash reviews on a few of the tier lists on YouTube, and so we're gonna kind of just dive into all of those today. Like that's like I said, that's what we're gonna do is go over the tier lists mm-hmm. and how big a mistake a few of these are. Oh yeah, uh, this is this is not a reflection on chapter one from like overall like how we liked our perspective. This is where we screwed up basically. Um, we got a lot right too. I've got to give us some credit. There's definitely some stuff we got right. I'm looking forward to remembering that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna you know answer a lot of those questions or hopefully those people that have left comments are listening and see that we are addressing some of the concerns that they had because everyone that I've read were 100% right. So with that being said, news, what's on our mind, where are we going, what are we thinking? So the story I have for this week is the league match that we had last weekend or last week. I know I told you about this, but I just thought it was hilarious. Um, and I. Played a game against somebody. I was I took in a Sapphire Steel deck, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty good given the cards that I have. You know, I, I think I've mentioned this a few times. I wanted to take Rapunzel. Haven't had Rapunzel, so I'm just kind of like working around a ton of different decks trying to find something fun that can kind of compete. And I took Sapphire Steel. The idea was to ramp to five ink really fast. So you basically deplete your hand, get to five, ideally sing with a character for five for a whole new world to give you seven more cards and to then like be in a really power position and on the game that i was playing i was playing against an amber steel deck you know very meta and the opponent unfortunately had two you have forgotten me's so <laughs> needless to say i got burnt out very fast and so for again for those of you who haven't remembered which i did I kind of skipped card of the week because I'm announcing it now. It's card of the week is You Have Forgotten Me, and it fits perfectly into the story. Nice which transition. Is, which is why we're doing this. Um, so You Have Forgotten Me, for those of you who don't know off the top of your head, is a four-cost inkable amber action, which says each opponent chooses and discards two cards. 
And so I will give you a very real context to this card to understand how it works. So I knew he was playing Amber Steel. I had played him before. I knew he played this card. This individual you were going against is probably known as our, our best. He's the best guy in the league too, yes. So give yourself a little credit like we're going to be doing in, in this episode a lot. But give yourself a okay. little credit. I will try. I definitely should have. Well, I, I don't know if I should have seen this coming or not. Anyways, so I knew he was playing this card. I tried to keep my hand from burning itself out so that when he got to turn four, he could play this and deplete my hand. What ended up happening was he played one. It was fine. It was no big deal. I was ready for it. I had cards that I could discard and keep uh, a whole new world to draw seven more after that in my hand. What I didn't prepare for was that he also um, smashed and grabbed your swords, my five-cost character on the board, to sing the whole new world. And so the next turn, I drew another card that was a five-cost character that I could play to then sing it. And so I went for the, he just played one, surely he doesn't have another, I'm going to play this character this turn, sing it next turn, and go from there. Well, turns out I was wrong, he had another one. <laughs> I played the character, I had to discard a whole new world, and from there I was in very big trouble up a hill um, because I had no cards in my hand, I had no way to draw more cards because he played two of them on me back-to-back turns. So There's not much you can do against that, not really. Um, no, I mean, I'm trying to think of what I could have done differently. I mean, obviously I could have just tried to play a little slower. I think in that case, though, I still would have been in trouble because... My, again, the deck that I was built with Sapphire Steel and the whole idea was to ink a ton really mm -hmm. fast to get mm -hmm. a big lead, to get some big bodies on the board. And without doing that, then I, without getting all that ink in there, then I wouldn't have that advantage and then he would win because Amber Steel is incredibly powerful. Okay. So anyways, that's card of the week. That's the story I have. That's really fun. I'm not like mad about it. I thought it was funny. I was just really annoyed at the time because he played me perfectly. Um, but yeah, that's my story. Any, anything to add? Anything on your mind? What's what's going on in your world? Um, moving. <laughs> that's true. Jake has been moving recently, so he's been pretty busy. Um, that that is all. I mean, I would say it's it's basically that and all the news we're getting on chapter two. But we we've heard quite enough about that. I think as of late. Yeah, stay tuned. Uh, we do have a second bonus episode coming out this week on Thursday for catching up on all the leaks there's been a ton the last couple um last couple weeks and we touched on a few i think last week but we can really give more of a holistic view and a full episode mm -hmm. and so yeah we're gonna just do like another preview into chapter two on thursday so check uh check that out with that said main topic time getting oh, into boy. the retrospective of how we've how we've done kind of the podcast some of the takes and everything so in general we started this the week before the set came out that was, you know, our plan was to kind of get on board as the set was coming out and go from there. And, I mean, we've had a ton of fun. Like, it's been great. We've learned a ton. We've definitely built a community. We've surpassed 11,000 podcast listens. So again, Incredible. So, again, thank you to everybody that does listen. We definitely could not have guessed that it would be this big this fast. No, we're so thankful. I mean, it's absolutely incredible that we've reached that uh, this fast. Um, I was... You know, I've done a, a podcast before. We went for probably five months, and we had 150 lessons, listens total. Okay. So, 
You were doing more personal stuff, though. This is very much on a broad topic that brings in a, a big community. So Absolutely. A bit but that's but... what I'm used to is what I'm saying. Yes. That's what I'm used yes. to. So the this uh, is, has been an absolutely incredible journey. Um, yeah, so it's been great. Learned a ton about the podcast, about ourselves, about the game, about playing, about doing this, about mm-hmm. social media. Like, you name it. It's been fantastic. But, um, yeah, with that said, I think the main thing we want to do is kind of go back through some of the earlier episodes and talk about things we got right and things we didn't and so we're going to start with episode five the ink type tier list and unfortunately (laughs) this is probably the worst take by far like really really bad if if any of you have listened to it recently or i mean probably some of you listened to it at the time and they're Still sticking with us after that awful episode. If you have, thank you so much. We are going to write this wrong at this very second. Um, This is by far the worst take. Oh, yeah. So quickly, if for those of you who haven't listened recently or haven't listened at all, um, quick rundown. Don't blame you. We have Amethyst at S tier. We have Ruby and Steel at A tier. We have Emerald and Sapphire at B tier. And bringing up the rear here, we have Amber in C. So that is a big yikes there. <laughs> I uh, I completely forgot about this till you brought up the the scream of like here was our old our tier list video. Yep, not, um, not ideal. Wow. So the most meta decks currently are Ruby Amethyst and probably the most meta now, which mm-hmm. has even overtaken Ruby Amethyst, is Amber Steel. Mm-hmm. Like by far the best. There's a there's a couple variations of the deck. There's very much like a mid rangey um, surfer stitch, carefree or carefree surfer. Then you've got the Rockstar Stitch. You've got Rapunzel obviously to draw cards. And so that's very much like mid rangey where you can get some big bodies on the board. But it all revolves around Ariel and being able to sing songs earlier on to clear the board with your grab your swords with the whole new world. I don't that's more on like the aggro side, the aggro loop deck of it, but it has one of the best first three turns of the game with Lilo and Simba. The aggro version does have that. The the more mid rangey one can do like your hook, Eric, Ariel. Which yeah. is pretty imposing because yeah. you know if you are playing an aggro deck, it's really hard to get off to a fast start. If you aren't playing an aggro deck and you don't have anything on the board, they can be questing. So that yeah, there's a few variations of that one. Ruby Amethyst being the big control deck with Dragonfire, Be Prepared, Mickey, Maleficent, Monstrous Dragon, Elsa, Spirit of Winter, and all the big bodies that you get from Amethyst and and uh, Ruby. So I, I think we were pretty spot on on that. I think Amethyst is still really good. I'm not sure I would put it like alone on S tier. I think Amber is probably the most like versatile because yeah, I think I definitely I think I would definitely at this point looking back do two S tiers for sure. Um, yeah, I think I I don't know if you would put Amethyst or Ruby. I think it would probably be like Amber Amethyst S tier. That's what I'm thinking. And then like Ruby Steel and A tier. I do. I would do Ruby Emerald and A tier, and then Steel Sapphire and B. I could be. I could be fine with that too. I think Sapphire being or Emerald being a B tier is probably a little troll as well. Mm -hmm. It probably needs to be A tier. Um, But 
the the reason I say that is because again, I think Amber's the most like dynamic. You can have a very fast aggro deck with it because of Lilo and Simba. You can have a very mid rangey game with it because of Rapunzel and being able to draw cards off of her. You have the Surfer and Care or Surfer and Rockstar Stitch that allow you to draw cards a ton. You've also got like the big Maximus that has bodyguard and support on him, which is a little underrated, I think, which has been getting some traction lately. I mean, if you want one ink to focus on and you're collecting and maybe you're singles buying, I would say Amber would probably be number one on that list just because you have so many options. I would agree. I think that luckily we're supposedly getting more cards here relatively recently um, with the second wave. But yeah, and so Rapunzel is expensive, and and Stitch is, or uh, Surfer Stitch is getting very expensive now too. But I I think that is yes, Amber is definitely one of the ones that I'm focusing on for next for next set, and even if I can ever get some Rapunzels to finish out this set, we'll get into the, this and then the next bonus episode. But me as well, I'm yeah. looking into getting into Amber. So Amber, this this unfortunately is a, a bad take. I think. I think we got Sapphire right. I know that there was a big tournament last weekend, and Sapphire Amber won. I think Sapphire's still really good with the ink ramp. I think if you do the ink ramp correctly and you have some late-game board removal like Hades um, and uh, let it go, then Sapphire is still really powerful too. So I don't think there's a bad one. I think just Amber, Amethyst, Ruby are like really, really, really solid. To me, I, w- I will say, to me, Sapphire... in Again, not saying it's bad, but Sapphire is probably the worst ink just because it has, like, I would say Ruby could go by itself. You know, you don't necessarily need, like, the game is two inks, but Ruby could, could go by itself. Steel could go by itself. And Emerald could go by itself. That's Sapphire saying. has to have something to make it work. I, I It's the worst standalone yeah Um, i i don't necessarily disagree with that i think that there are some merits to it but yeah you don't have any card draw currently mm -hmm. you don't have um many big challengers yes i mean so anyways i I think all of them are viable given the right deck i mean i've seen tournaments with uh, emerald win either being paired with amethyst or sapphire or amber i think even i've obviously you've seen Ruby Amethyst win a bunch. We just talked about Amber Steele winning a bunch last weekend. And so I think like you can win with everything. And so you definitely like fit your play style. Mm-hmm. But now that we understand the ins and outs of them all and the healing with Rapunzel and the card draw off of that and the mid game board control, like it's just, yeah, bad, bad take on that one. And we, we are calling ourselves out on all of these. Like we're <laughs> not, we're, I mean, we've, like you said, we've gotten some comments. We've, Comments from ourselves as well. We've we've called out ourselves. Um, I mean, it's been it's been pretty bad. Yep. Yeah. So I, I think that pretty much covers that one, and which is by far, like I said, the worst take. We we really messed up the amber one. I under like I even talked about it at the time. I was like, I understand the the, the proactiveness to get Rapunzel into the heels, mm-hmm. which is exactly how it's played. I just didn't understand the power that you get behind that. Yeah. So that's 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 where we've come, and that's where we are now, is understanding like the board control that you get out of that, and that it's a passive ability. Obviously, like friends on the other side and Maleficent and Amethyst, and the two card draw you get off of that is very powerful. But it's an active 
thing you have to do to get there. Like you have to sing the song, you have to play the Maleficent to get the card draw with Rapunzel. She's a card you would want to play anyways because she quests for two, but you're passively getting those new cards and the heal off of it. So it's it's just one anything you can do like that is insane. So moving on to the next one. Closing that chapter up. Next yeah, one. Is from our seventh episode in this in chapter one, season one is the top playable card tier list. So we looked at a lot of the cards that we were playing at the time and how they kind of rated into all the decks and the meta at the time. And we have some definitely good takes here. Like they're definitely, this isn't just a complete and utter like whirling dervish of madness. Like this actually makes a lot of sense in some we, degree. We have Heroic Outlaws, the single best card in the game. And I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think there are probably four-ish cards you could really like put in contender for that right now. For the big, here's the biggest thing that we missed on this. This, or do you notice it on this tier list? There's a card missing. I I, I had I, I know we just looked at this and I assumed we missed one. Do you know? Do you see what we're missing completely? Rapunzel's not even on here. Is Rapunzel's she? not okay. on the list. I figured that's where you're going with that one. Rapunzel um, is not on the list. Okay, so we didn't even put Rapunzel on here because neither one of us were playing Amber at the time. And like I said, like I understood what she did and kind of how to play it, but I didn't understand the impact of it. And so I would 100%, I would say the best four cards in the game, and you can give your top list no, if it. you want. Heroic Outlaw. Mm-hmm. Elsa. Elsa, Spirit of Winter. Rapunzel gifted with healing, mm-hmm. and I, I have to say Surfer Stitch is my fourth. I don't like doing two from the same ink color, but I have to say Surfer Stitch is my fourth. I think I think that's fair. Um, I pro- I probably bring in a Dragonfire Maleficent as my fourth. Um, yeah, I I can't I can't but disagree with no, that. No, I totally I totally get what you're saying. Um, so I I think there's a lot of stuff we got right, but we have we have Bell and Est here. And Mother Gothel. And I and, and that's I, Mother Gothel is completely me. That is all me. <laughs> you disagreed with me completely. That's all me. But I want to talk about them together because there's a real important similarity between the two that is an important distinction on why we had them higher and why they're not that high. So what since the game has evolved so much and everybody's gotten relatively good at it now mm-hmm. and understand like what's coming and understanding your opponent and like we've talked about in previous episodes with the tips and tricks is like understanding what your opponent wants to do and what they're most likely going to play you know there's always a dragon fire looming there's always like a Hades um, infernal schemer looming that's going to do direct removal mm-hmm. or, or like a Maui that's going to come in and wipe out right away Bell and Mother Gothel both don't have on play activations of their abilities and that's the big key here is that since their abilities don't activate on play they could be played on the board and then just get wiped before they even do anything now i, w- I would say with, with mother Gothel, there are a few instances where you can make it work on play um you could you could bring her in somehow exert it if you you wanted to you could um you could freeze freeze her yourself if you want um but on paper, like if you look at the card, there's no on play, on play factor for their main ability. And in general, when we look at like even future cards, and I don't want to get into that too much specifically because this is more of a retrospective, but 
anything that has an on play ability, you know that ability is going to happen. And so it's just more impactful of a card because you can predict it how that's going to play. Obviously playing a bell with 10 ink in your inkwell or playing a mother gothel does put a big target on their back and force your opponent to address it. And so you can kind of bait out some stuff that you maybe want to happen, but it doesn't guarantee that their ability is going to be used, which is the big downside that you get from cards that don't have on-play abilities. And having said that, our top card is Heroic Outlaw, and I still agree with that. There are instances where if it's a great ability and one of the best abilities in the game, it doesn't have to be on play, like with Heroic Outlaw. Yeah, Heroic Outlaw is definitely the one... He's an exception. ...that it's an exception because there's enough tools around him. Yes. He has a shift target for one, and so like the, the Latin Street Rat is a massive you know, deterrent on the mm-hmm. board because he can be shifted onto. So that's one reason that that gets kind of a pass where Mother Gothel and Bell don't. The second pass is Pocket Watch mm-hmm. since you don't want him to quest right away. You know, there's no current, like, solution to get Bell to quest on the turn she's played, yes. but you can make Aladdin challenge the turn he's played. Absolutely correct. And so that's the that's the big difference there. Um, yeah, I, I so I, I think he's an exception. Uh, but if you look at, like, Maleficent, Dragonfires when she's played. You look at Hades Infernal Schemer, he you know, puts the card exerted in the inkwell face down when played. So that's a more direct removal. If you look at Elsa, she freezes two on play. Rapunzel, who is unfortunately left off the list. <laughs> oh my gosh. Heals so and draws on play. And so that's why those are so powerful, is because they have their abilities that take care of what they're trying to do when the card is played. Um, the one that I want to call out is, and I'm sure you know this is this is coming, and I'm even going to give a shout-out to the YouTube comment on this one from Mark Ball. Um, he said, you're aware Cusco has Ward, right? B-tier is a travesty. And Mark, I hear you. <laughs> I am a big Cusco fan nonetheless. Like Since we recorded this original episode, the majority of the league nights that I've played in were with Cusco. <laughs> like, and Cusco I get it. You love Cusco. Cusco's one of your favorite cards in the game. I do love Cusco. He's definitely up there on my like favorite cards tier list. And so I don't know if he's S tier because He's high A low S. He might even be S tier though. He's high A low S. The the reason that I say S tier in, in, in that range that you're giving is because not only does he have ward, which allows him to you either have to wipe the whole board to get rid of him, or you have to let him quest once. But it's the challenge and the no-touchy ability that really put him over the top. Like, if he didn't have no-touchy, I think he's a solid A. With no-touchy, I think he's a pretty solid to low S because somebody has to challenge into him because there's no other way to remove him unless you have to be prepared. And he's going to then remove the challenging card regardless of if they died or not. And so that allows you board control. It allows you a ton of lore. So, yeah, Cusco, we missed that one. You're definitely right, Mark. We're trying to right that wrong right now. Um, I, I would say low S. I'd say take out Goffle, take out Bell. He, he's an S here. Yeah, I agree. Um, looking through the rest of this, though, we have Maleficent, Monstrous Dragon at A. I think that probably at the highest A, I still think that makes a lot of sense because just nine cost is really high. And it takes a long time to get to, and so she can't have impact till late game. I'm I'm completely fine being high highest day. Aurora Guardian, 
also S or I've, also A. I think she's up there. I feel like there. that's a great, a good spot. Yeah, right behind Melissa. I think so too. You have um, Rockstar Stitch, also mid A tier. I think that's pretty solid, spot on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mickey BLT right behind uh, Rockstar Stitch. I think that's perfect. Um, a whole new world. That one's probably a little high. Maybe yep. like high B on that one. Yep. Be prepared. That one might be a little low. That might be high A, that low could be, S. That could be S. I think I could. The be only S. reason I wouldn't say that that's like a surefire S. Uninkable. Uninkable, and it's it's still very situational. Like it, it is, but if you're trying to live in a game, which is there's point there's games that you'll play where it's all about living. That's the card you want. That's the card you want. Yep, which is why it's up there. Um, Hans. From Emerald and Flynn Rider from Emerald to to round out the A tier, I think they're still probably up there too. You know, Hans is probably a B. I don't think he deserves an A necessarily. He's the four cost, three strength, three willpower quests for three. So he's he's kind of vanilla. He, he has a you know a bunch of lore behind him. I think you can tell what decks we were playing at the time by looking yeah. at this. Yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah, so I I think the the Flynn Rider that makes you discard a card if you challenge into him that one is i think still a like it's a staple in aggro decks you have Mm -hmm. to have it going through b tier i think a lot of this still makes sense you have the maleficent that draws the card and and amethyst that makes sense you have the elsa shift target in amethyst i still think that's fine you have grab your sword mad hatter lilo maui maui i'd bump up to a i think personally um i'd say high b I, I, he's probably fine too. I know that he's like super meta, and in a good amount of decks. So I yeah, A A's probably okay. You got Hades Infernal Schemer. He might be A. Mm-hmm. Definitely high, like the highest of B's. You have the other Hades and Amber, and I can't read his subscript because I'm blind. It's the Lord of the Underworld that lets you bring back a discarded card. I think he's probably high B, and I would put him A if he was inkable. Um, you have a Jafar Challenger. I don't even know why we decided to put that one on here. That one doesn't belong in the list. Uh, no, I think that's a fine card. Like the Challenger plus three with five strength, like or five willpower. There's, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, it's probably not a filler card, but definitely not the best. But I mean, yeah, it's it. I mean, it. it I don't know. You're right. <laughs> that, I mean, I, I'm like talking myself out of it now. Like it's fine. Take it off. Leave it in. Doesn't matter. It's kind of an it's kind of a, just a filler card. You got Aladdin Street, Radin B. That might even be low A tier because of the pressure that you get from him because of the heroic outlaw. It's a it's a I'm over here, come get me kind of card. You know, it it, it really is the ultimate distraction card yeah. if you're working on other stuff. Um, Cusco, um, which we already addressed. The Maximus, the uh, the big Maximus from Amber, which I kind of already addressed as well, and said the Palace Horse. He's got bodyguard and support. I think for Amber, he's really, really good since he grants support for four strength to somebody else. Like that's really good for Amber. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a solid B. Fishbone Quill, I think it's a solid B. Pongo, definitely a solid B. Pascal, definitely a solid B. We, to be fair, I'd probably bring it down. But no, I think he's solid B. I think I think if you're in your aggro decks and you've got two, like imagine two Pascals on the board. I mean, yeah. I mean, when like, you say it like that, it's S. Yeah. Oh, but it's still situational because you can get grab your sorted. You can get big tanks. Like there's still so many things that can happen. Which, but if you don't have those, then that's why they're essence. But you do have those. So, anyways, Pascal S. Um, Lantern C. That's obviously that honestly is probably a little higher too. Like in those emerald. You think it's high? 
or I, I I think it I think it probably deserves to be because in the amber amber steel decks it like it helps it's basically the sapphire or the emerald version emerald wow I can't the amber version of like the detective Mickey or one jump ahead because it adds an ink to your inkwell because when it's on the board it gives you an extra ink. So, I mean, it's just another version of, like, ramping the curve a little fast. Um, you have the Steel Hans in C tier. I think that's probably fine. You have the Maleficent Uninvited from Sapphire. Mm -hmm. She's probably a little higher as well. A couple of the Steel Captain Hooks that are staples there. I think both of those are fine. Then when you get into D tier... So you did skip a card. I just said you missed the... Uh... Mother knows best. Oh, mother knows best with with emerald. I did. Which makes me realize that we forgot the genie. We did not put the genie. I didn't. I, yeah, I was definitely not on genie's radar until very much after this. Mother knows best is good. I think C is probably fine. It's uninkable. You know, it, it maybe you play, maybe you don't. Early game. I mean, I think it's more of a late game tool, but it costs three, so you don't want it early on. So I think it's just kind of in a weird place. I do like it a lot. Um, but I think C's fine. Then getting into D tier, I don't even know what, like what the point of this is to be honest. <laughs> the the first one is well, this isn't the first one, but I just the first one I wanted to talk about is the Mickey Mouse Detective from Sapphire, which I kind of just mentioned with the Lantern. I think he's fine. I think he has a lot of merits, especially when paired with like Phil. You know, if Phil quests, he grants Mickey support with three strength. Honestly, looking at it, I just think we need a Sapphire card. Another one. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. We have um, Magic Mirror, which is like the staple for Ruby Amethyst. And so if you're playing Ruby Amethyst, it's probably A tier. If you're not playing Ruby Amethyst, D tier is probably fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Shield of Virtue, I would definitely move that up too. Maybe to just a C, but I would definitely move it up a little bit. I think Shield of Virtue is... Um, pretty solid, and then Smash. I don't know why would we put Smash in D tier? Like it's so straightforward. Like it's just a solid, like solid removal card. Um, because that's what was beating my deck up at the time, along with the Hans. <laughs> that's what was uh, absolutely destroying me at the time. So I probably wanted these to be in the. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe that is what it is. I don't know, but regardless, I I mean, it definitely is just like a solid card. Like if you want it to have some removal, then have Smash. If you don't, then. Pongo Killer, as I, it was known at the time. Yeah, basically. Pongo Killer. Um, but yeah, so I mean that that kind of covers that one. I think there we we also left off Surfer Stitch, which I would say is another miss. Um, we could go on and on about that. You know, stuff we've left off, like Ursula was left off. We left off John Silver, who's a massive. No Faciliers. I think that's maybe a bit of a miss. Maybe. I've seen a few Facilier decks. I, I they're okay. They're not the greatest. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I would probably put them really low on the tier list. I mean, I know that they're like the central piece of those decks, mm -hmm. but I'm I, I'm probably okay with that. Okay. Okay. Um, I think the biggest misses were Ursula, John Silver, and Rapunzel, Genie, Rapunzel, Surfer Stitch, just to name a few. <laughs> to name a f you know a few mistakes. That's it. Um. Anything else that you'd like to cover on this one? Not, I mean, not really. I'm, I'm uh, fine just leaving it at this and not giving myself too much crap. <laughs> okay, well, that's good because we're moving on to the last one to cover and then we can just kind of talk some like major things that we have to, to wrap up. But the ranking character abilities. So 
This one's tough because we didn't do like a tier list necessarily. We did more of just like a ranking of them in order. And so from, I'm gonna go from best to worst on the rankings again, just to remind everybody if they've watched this or haven't real quick. We have Shift is number one, Evasive is number two, Bodyguard is number three, Rush, Ward, Challenger, Reckless, Support, and Singer. So this one's tough because ranking them is like so dependent on like what you're playing and like the deck and the style of game that you're trying to have. It's like Singer being last, like I even have this in the notes. Like we're looking at the notes that we have and the notes that I have is in theory, this is a great ability, but there's only three characters with this ability. So it needs more development. I mean, Ariel- And I still agree with, I do with too. that to this day. I do too. The problem with saying that Singer is the worst is that the best deck revolves around Ariel. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a weird concept to say it's the worst ability when the best deck revolves around her. But to the point we made, it, like, Singer in general isn't developed. And I think that's, like, when we were making this list, I know at least me, I was looking at the ability itself. Like, you, you just had to look at what the ability itself was doing. And that's, and that's where I think a lot of my initial rankings came in at. Yeah, um, I, I know you hated Reckless. Oh my gosh, what... I love Reckless cards. I know. I love, I love Reckless, reckless cards, cards now, too. I mean, I, Reckless are very, very impactful for you for your board control because they definitely take out... They punch above their weight, and they take out higher-cost cards. Absolutely. So I still think it's lower because it's hard to get value out of them after you have that big swing. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a trade more times than mm -hmm. not, but... Yeah, I, I mean, it is. And then support. So it's Singer, Support, Reckless. And so really quickly on Support. I still think it's probably down there. I think when we look at some of the Chapter 2 stuff coming up, like maybe it becomes a little more prevalent. But Support's really important for like Amber and Emerald because they don't have a lot of fighters. And so you need Support granted to those characters to help them challenge. But I still think there are other ways to fill that gap where you don't necessarily need Support. I think out of all of this, I'm... I'm absolutely fine where that where that is ranked. Agree. Um, getting up to Challenger. Yep, because Singer support Reckless Challenger. Yep. Um, I don't know. I mean, I so Challenger. It, I mean, we might as well walk through these as we as we go. Basically, Challenger adds for any specific card will add a specific amount of strength. That's what when you're challenging. That's what support does. I I understand that, but when oh when that yeah sorry when that I, I I heard you wrong yes when that it adds strength so like hook and Eric are the two yes. biggest challengers. And so I, I've always thought of it as being better than, than support because support to me what support does Agreed. is it takes away like it, for Maximus for example I don't necessarily love using support on that card because. There's no trade-off with your opponent when it, they challenge Maximus. You're not giving them any any damage whatsoever when they challenge Maximus. So Reckless just bumps up your, your challenger cards. Basically, it makes challenger cards from nothing cards. And I don't I don't have this I like I don't play a bunch of challengers. I don't have a lot that I've ever played. Um, Zeus I, I play sometimes. Hook and Eric are the two. Um, big Hook and ones. Eric are the the big yeah. ones, especially Eric. I I think that one is in the, the place it needs to be too. I think early game it can be a big deterrent 
with those two, mm-hmm. but it's not the best thing ever. It, it definitely is not. Um, it's it's from a personal level, it's probably my least favorite. That's like, fine. Yeah. I I just like, and we're not talking about personal feelings about it, but that is kind get of to, kind get, of where I sit on. Yeah, it. get to know us too. That's fine. Um, above Challenger is Ward. Um, <laughs> this is probably a little low. This should probably be like two on the podium. Yeah. Um, it probably is above evasive, but so Ward is again, it protects you from like direct removal. I think this is again, it's kind of dependent on the card. Did but, you read the notes? <laughs> um, not super useful aside from Aurora, unless you're playing an opponent with steel. Okay. I mean, yeah. Cusco. That's okay. We'll move on from that. Ruby? Dragonfire? Yeah. Um, Direct removal, like it, it. That's what it does. Is it combats direct removal. And again, I don't want to talk a ton about chapter two, but I think there's a bunch of stuff coming that is going to make it even more impactful. And there's a bunch of card, more cards with Ward. And so I think I think Ward's massive. I think it puts a ton of pressure on your opponent because it doesn't allow them to deal with cards in the way that they necessarily want to. And now nowadays, when I see a card like with the new reveals, when I see a card with Ward, I'm like, oh boy, this could be meta. You know, yeah, like I agree. It it just is that instant like. Oh, this is this card has some substance. Has potential. Has potential. Yeah. Uh, okay, so getting into Rush, I love I love Rush. So I I would say not to to go into it, but my 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 podium would be Shift One, Ward Two, Rush Three. I might even be on that. I I think Evasive is still like I I might switch out your Rush for Evasive on that, but I think Rush and Evasive are extremely extremely impactful. But um, I mean to go back to go back to Rush here. Um, just it it catches people off guard. Rafiki Rafiki's my favorite Rush card. Same. Um, I I just it com- catches your opponent completely off guard. Um, another card that I love is Pocket Watch. When you pair that up with uh, Heroic Outlaw, um, I mean so with that like, unlike a lot of these, it has a card. That gives rush to anything, which is incredible. Yep. Um, so overall, just looking at rush itself and the cards around it that have rush, and even cards that can grant rush, um, easily one of the best in the game. I do love Rafiki. Zeus is pretty good. Maui is incredible. We already talked about Maui. There's definitely more coming up with rush. Oh, Maui's my favorite. Sorry, I'm, uh. I'm gonna go with Maui. <laughs> Um, the, even the, the, the legendary Emerald Beast has Rush, which he gets overlooked for Rush because he's not played very often, but your dad plays him and it's annoying when he does that to us. Absolutely. So yeah, Rush is a fantastic one. We've kind of skipped over Bodyguard because it's been sandwiched, but Bodyguard is up there too. Bodyguard is a aggro staple. It's even a staple for some like mid-range decks with like the Maximus we've been talking about, the Palace Horse, but even the Simba's really great. There's the um, Musketeer deck that I, I know. I would say Simba's my favorite bodyguard so far. Um, for sure. For, for sure. sure. Just because it can pop out of nowhere. And, and, it, and I think this is one of the parts that maybe like it's just a part of it. But bodyguards do... You can enter them exerted. Which yeah, is incredible. That's cool too. That's cool um, too. Which can come in handy in other certain places. But you know they, they automatically activate the bodyguard ability. You don't have to wait for them to try... Your opponent doesn't know it's coming unless they know exactly what you're playing. Yeah, the, the biggest thing with Bodyguard is just 
the your opponent's inability to challenge into multiple people and so like even with simba if they've got one card on the board and you're trying to protect something they still have to take out simba and they can't take out the other thing and so it, it's you know it's not necessarily the amount of damage they're dealing or that it has a ton of willpower to live through a challenge it's more just like if you want a challenge you got to go through this first yep so yeah bodyguard's fantastic getting into the last two real quick we have evasive which we were super hype on the first time. I still think it's incredibly powerful and can be really annoying if you're not ready to deal with it. If you don't have direct removal and you have a late game deck, then you're in trouble. And this this was this was a, a point that was brought up to, to both of us by um a player in our in our local league is that in besides besides Brave Little Taylor, which is eight cost. All evasive cards shift for one or two, and that that, and I think there's maybe one exception in in Emerald. Um, uh, they're all one or two. One or two. Okay. Yeah. Or I guess, no, I guess you're right. I guess the big genie that just never gets played. Yes. That has three, but he's eight cost uninkable in Emerald, and with with Cusco, and all of the other. Like important and Emerald that, cards that are uninkable, he's not getting played. That's where the point that was brought up to us is there are so many. If you're looking, if you're looking for for questing that has repercussions and stuff like that, then just play Emerald. Yeah. Um, and that and that really is a huge a huge point. Um. So. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's I, really where I sit on it. I think it's great. I think it's it's still you have to have like a. Most people are ready to deal with it. I guess is the best way to put it. Yep. Um. And then lastly, shift. Shift is still makes the game tick. Like without shift, this would be a completely different game. And it, it plays in our recent um, Floodborne video, yeah episode. Um, I mean, it shift is Floodborne. Floodborne is shift. And with, I mean, think about how the game changes without without shift. You have no shift like Surfer Stitch on turn four. You have no shift Heroic Outlaw. Outlaw. Elsa. No shift. I don't. I don't shift Elsa that much. I know you do, and you do that way better than I do. Um, you have no shift Elsa. You have no shift of like, I mean anything really. Is like Rockstar Stitch is he Floodborne yet? Yeah, that's so you have Stitch, and then the two in Aurora's huge. And that's what I say. The two Sapphire, the Jasmine and Aurora and Sapphire, like both of them are fantastic, and so it just completely changes the curve of the game and the and the pace that it's played and the unpredictability of it. And so that's what makes it so fun. So I still 100% stick with this. So I, I think we did the best on this one for sure. I think the reasoning behind it kind of justifies some of them, but I still agree with where we are on this for the most part. Biggest mistake is Ward. Yeah, for um, sure. But other than that, I think we did okay. Yeah. Um, what? Anything else? Like So with that, that kind of wraps up the, the takes that we've had. You know anything else that you want to say as we've like come along this journey before we wrap this one up? Yeah, I mean, the main the main thing with me is I just thought aggro was best. I thought aggro was king um, from the very beginning, and there's certain decks that are king, but yeah. this game in in a lot of decks is all about stalling your opponent. Yeah, and that's that's what I've come to play nowadays. Um, there's not near as many aggro tools currently as there are stall slash mid game tools. And and honestly, aggro's not fun to play. To be completely honest, it's not that fun to play. Um, if you come from a <sighs> no, I kind of agree. It it just 
it kind of sucks the life out of the game a little bit. Play quest, play like, quest, play quest, play quest, play quest. Um, and exactly, exactly that. Um, just you, you have no, you have no really floodborne, so you don't get the fun, the really fun super cards with all these crazy abilities. Um, you don't get to play some of the funnest cards in the game, you know. And I, I think it just takes a lot, takes all the fun out of it, really. Yeah, I, I still like aggro. I think we're getting some more aggro tools, but. In general, I agree. I think that the way that the the tools that you have to be aggressive in the current set is very minimal, and so it's not the best in the game. And you usually get yourself burnt out because if you have to be that aggressive, you don't have the option to slow down and draw cards or play cards that are made to to draw cards or whatever. So yeah, so it's not fun when you get to that place. Um, The only the last thing that I'd like to say is. Like, I, it's just crazy how far we've come. We thought we knew everything when we started, and we thought we were in a pretty good spot. And for, like, a beginner player, like we were when we started, mm-hmm. we definitely did. Like, we knew how to play the game. We definitely had fun. We followed the rules. We were able to win some games and whatever. But now that we're starting to, like, really get into the strategy and understand the, like, philosophy behind playing and reading your opponents and how to, like, card draw and, you know, when to ramp your ink when not how to stall your opponents and everything that comes with that like going into chapter two like when we're talking about building decks and you know in an upcoming episode it's like what are we what do we want to play in chapter two what are our plans for you know the meta and such like we're being a completely different place because we'll actually be able to like talk you know how it fits into the deck mm-hmm. not just like oh i like this card i want to play it it's i love this card this is a strategy that i have around it and i mean that's just like so for an example this is this is something you said about me on release day. We had a starter deck league night, um, and my family before before we left, they were like, "How how do you guys think you're gonna do?" And you said you said this about me. You said, "There's no one on the planet that's gonna be as prepared as Jake is." Like, <laughs> there, I did. I forgot about that. There's there's no way that there's anyone that is invested to this game as we are, and there's no way they're beating Jake. And I appreciate that so much, but you were 100% wrong. <laughs> I don't know, because I don't know if I was, and not to drag this out, but I think I was like, I think you knew more about the cards than anybody at that point. I think at that point, nobody could have like been able to build a meta deck like they have now at that point in time, because they just didn't know everything yet. We knew the cards really well, we just didn't understand how to combine them all. But we've obviously come a long way. That's for sure, man, and and I, I I love where we're at right now. Like the, the game is healthy. Yeah. The player base is healthy. Um, more cards coming. More reprints, cards coming. New sets. Chapter two. Okay. Well, we have, we again, have to end it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Again, stay tuned. We're going to have another bonus episode for more chapter two releases, and then when chapter two does come out, you know, we're kind of like into the phasing out of chapter one, ramping up into chapter two. So we're going to do a lot of. Like I mentioned, what we're playing, what we want to play, what our plans are, you know, kind of, you know, like go forward into chapter two where we are now into chapter two versus where we were in chapter one. So a lot of fun stuff coming. Um, So yeah, stay tuned for, for more and we'll catch you next time. Thanks. Thank you guys so much. Bye.